Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. Isaiah just wet his whistle. My name is Riley. Is <laughs> that really what it was? No. Oh, okay. My name is Isaiah. <laughs> I was going to be so impressed that that was the thing you had prepared and I just said it right before we started. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I'm the master of yeah. improv. Great. And I decided that that would be a great uh, foray into uh, the next however many minutes of us making up topics. Oh. Really. Nice. So I, I decided to Just abandon what I had previously decided I was going to use as my intro. Amazing. And use the one that you used right before we started recording. Our Patreon listeners will know. <laughs> yeah. Join our Patreon <laughs> that doesn't exist. I wish we had. A, we should set one up. Maybe uh, someone will give us like a dollar a month. And what would we do with that one dollar? We could save it for eight months and then each get a Starbucks, which the my Patreon Star- listener will know about. I think my Starbucks drink costs more than four dollars. Really? Yeah, it's I a you chai just get latte. Tea. No, even teas cost more than that. Which don't even get me started on why tea costs how much it does in the United States. Yeah, it's dumb. This could be a rant podcast if you want it to be. <laughs> I will get heated, but I'm choosing yeah, not to. Right? Yeah, we don't need to get heated. Um, I think my drink is only like two dollars at Starbucks, though. So he's counting. We'd be fine. Okay. We could make it a 10 months if we need to. We'll invite that one Patreon listener then to hang out with us, but they can't order a drink or they'll have to buy it themselves. Sure. It won't come from the Patreon fund. Right. <laughs> you can't use your own money to buy a drink that you've Patreoned us. Pa- <laughs> right. Patroned us? I don't know. Anyway. Pa- pa- patriotized. Pa- patriotized. <laughs> this is I Heard It on a Podcast, and we talk about stuff. Yeah, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> so I have a story for you. Great. Um, we both went on trips this last weekend. Yeah, we did. Um, We're men of adventure we and are. intrigue. Mine was very adventurous because it was my fifth anniversary and Woo! yeah, yeah. And we just went on a short little like one night trip because I had work, so that's a bummer. But <laughs> yeah. um, we went on a short one night trip, like Friday night into Saturday, and uh, it was just like an anniversary trip. So we got like a fancy hotel in Denver in the Cherry Creek area, which is like kind of fancy. And we were just gonna go and like relax and like eat good food and drink good wine and like have a good time. Go walk around like the malls and all the shops and buy stuff and yeah. you know have that kind of type of vacation. Yeah. And so we drive down. It's like you know seventy miles from us or something like that. We drive down, get to the hotel, um, roll up. It's like right in the middle of the city, and so you just like there's no place to park. You just do valley parking. So we roll up to the hotel. Um, Valley comes over, I give him the keys, and he like, takes my name down. They get the luggage cart, we get our luggage loaded on, go inside, and start getting checked in or whatever. And so everything's going well, and we had to wait like five minutes for them to get the room ready. But because of that, they gave us like complimentary like drinks sent to our room, which was nice. So we got nice. some cocktails. And so we get up to our room, and we're like settling in and like having a good time. We're taking pictures for like our anniversary, and we're like, reading and you know watching tv and relaxing and doing that whole thing drinking our cocktails and so it comes to be about like seven o'clock or so and we're kind of getting hungry and so we had looked at doing room service and just like making it like a lazy evening or whatever but as it can be in a you know four and a half star hotel room service was going to be like two hundred dollars <laughs> and so we're yeah. like no we're not about that life there's uh bad daddy's burgers right next door like just below our hotel so i'll just go down and i'll pick up burgers and they have like bottles service so we'll just get some bottles of wine or whatever and i'll bring it back 
So some bottles of wine. Some bottles of wine. <laughs> nice. So we <laughs> we uh, ordered our food and our drinks, and we or I went down to the burger place and you know picked up our food or whatever. So I'm coming back with like a sack full of burgers, which was great, and a bottle of wine. We only got one because it was thirty dollars. So that's a sure. rip off, but whatever. Um, and so I'm walking back into the hotel, and I'm like at the elevator. And I pushed the button and this guy had come up next to me and it was kind of an interesting interaction because he like, he says, hi, and I'm like, hi. And he's like, is that place good? And I'm like, yeah, I've had them before. They're like, they're good burgers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. Well, I just moved here from like Dallas, my wife and I moved here for work. And then he was like asking me about like the town and like what he should do. And You're like, in a hotel, bro. Right? We're in a hotel lobby. Like I do live here, but why would you ask some person in a hotel yeah. lobby what to do? So that was kind of weird. And so then like the doors open, and we're about to both get on the elevator, and the valet from earlier comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, are you the dude with the Acura?" I was like, "Yeah." And so my new friend Steven over here is holding the door for me, like waiting for me to get in the elevator. <laughs> and he's like, "The valet's like, hey, the the car you dropped off like won't move. Like it's it's stuck." And I was like, what? And he's like, I don't know. It just like won't move. It just, it, 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 it turns on, but it won't move. And he's like super confused at what the heck's going on. So I'm like, okay, well, where is it? And he's like, oh, it's on the garage. Like, come with me. So I'm like, okay, bye, Steven. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so Not go, too sad to say goodbye to Steven. Yeah. So I go with, uh, with the valet um, and we go like, down the staircase, you know, into the parking garage. And it's not like you still a, have the burgers. Yeah, I'm still carrying like a bottle of wine and a sack <laughs> full of burgers. And so we go down the stairs. And it's not like a parking garage where there's like other people. It's just the hotel's parking garage. Okay. And it's just valet. So it's like staff looking, you know, like there's stuff everywhere and it's for storage and there's just cars on cars on cars. Like it's not neat at all. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to be down here. Like <laughs> this is not a place that they mean for guests to be or whatever. And so we go down to the first level of the parking garage and I see the Acura over like up on the wall in two hour parking or whatever. And so I'm talking to him about it and he's like, yeah, like we tried to move it and it wouldn't move. And so we just like put it in neutral and like pushed it down here to get it in the garage. But we couldn't get it to like drive or whatever. Huh. So I was like, okay. So I got the car or I got the keys from him and I got in and I like turned it on and it sounded fine. Like it turned on fine or whatever. And I put it into gear and it like just wouldn't move. And so then I was like revving it and you could hear like this like kind of clunking noise, but it wouldn't move. And so then I tried to put it in reverse and reverse was like locked out. And so, you know, me and him kind of mess around with it for a while and we like jiggle some stuff and we stick a screwdriver into some holes that like let the gear shifter go and like try all the like basic troubleshooting things, you know. And basically it just like was completely stuck. Like it wouldn't move at all. It didn't even seem like it was trying to move. And so I was finally like, well, I guess I'll just like pull the battery and let it sit overnight and hope like for some reason it's just an electronic lockout and something's like sketchy with the software, but it's not broken. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. So um, I gave him like back the keys and I unplugged the battery from the car and I go back inside. And so then overnight, like I just try not to think about it too much because like it's our anniversary and we're like having a vacation or whatever. Yeah. So then I come back out the next morning and I had gotten up kind of early, and we had planned to like spend the day like down in this area, like driving around and going to stores and stuff. And so I came back down the next morning and like put the battery back, like hooked the battery back up and turned it on. It was doing the same thing, like wasn't moving, was making this really bad like clunking noise when you switch it into gear. And so I finally just like 
you know, gave up because it's a little car. I couldn't like get under it. It's just in a parking garage. Like there's nothing I could do. I didn't have yeah. tools or anything. So we finally gave up and um, called a tow truck and we called my mom to come pick us up because we had Cohen with us and he couldn't ride in the tow truck. So my mom came and picked us up and we just left like the keys to the car with the car and like told the tow truck driver where it was. Um, and so then like because my mom came and picked us up, we like just went straight home. Like we didn't do anything like walk around or whatever. And we got home and the, you know, tow truck driver comes and he's like, oh, yeah, this thing was a pain in the butt because, like, the tow truck didn't fit in the parking garage. So we all had to, like, push the car up the parking garage, like, all the way up back to the surface of, oh, <laughs> like, wow the earth or whatever and, like, get it <laughs> loaded on. And so it was, like, this whole, like, catastrophe. And I still don't know what's wrong with it. Like, Riley can attest he helped me push the car into the garage mm-hmm. today. But something's wrong with it. But it happened, like... As soon as we gave it to the valet, when we were seventy miles from home, it was like the perfect timing. <laughs> it is weird because it like acts like a normal car, yeah, but doesn't it doesn't drive, drive. <laughs> which is kind of the important part of the. Yeah, it's the, the main thing I want yeah. my cars to do. Yeah, so that's the saga. It's still continuing. We're not sure what's wrong with it, but either the axle broke, which actually happens a lot on these cars for some reason, and her car's got a lot of miles on it, so it could have been that. Maybe the axle broke. And that would be like $200 to fix. Or the transmission is just, you know, toasted. And that would be like $4,000 and not worth it on a car that's got 250,000 miles. So Hmm. the car saga will continue. Hopefully I'll have an update next week. (laughs) It's surprising to me that a broken axle is an easy fix. Isn't that the thing that holds the wheels together? No, the wheels are held on by the suspension. I mean, the axle just the rod that... Right. But most cars don't have solid axles. Nowadays, so it's not just like a rod that goes across like it oh. used to be. My Jeep has solid axles, but most normal cars don't. They've got like CV joints, and so they're like just a short little rod from a differential that goes into the wheel. So all of the actual like wheel holding is done by the you know suspension and all that stuff, and oh. the axle just drives it. So the axle, like it's just a short piece of metal that you know connects to a differential. So it'd be like two hundred bucks or whatever to fix. It's not like a Hot Wheel. No, they stopped making them that way, except for Jeeps. So, oh, okay, but, yeah. So that's that's where we're at. So I don't know if I'm hoping for like it to be fixable, or if I'm hoping for it to be completely dead, so we have to buy a new car. I know what your wife is hoping for. She's hoping for it to be completely dead. She's looking at cars on the couch right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's the car saga. It'll be continuing. I'll keep you all updated because I know it's very important to your all's lives how my car is doing. I'm really deeply invested. (laughs) Okay. Do we have any news? Yes. Meanwhile, in the world of entertainment, HBO, I actually watched a different thing about HBO today Ah. because they are, this is not the news. I'm I'm being sidetracked by other (laughs) HBO news. Um, Actually, I won't be. Basically, HBO is doing a whole bunch of stuff because they are not really keeping up with Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus with putting out new original content. In an effort to compete on that level, they've announced that they'll be doing a series based on the video game The Last of Us titled The Last of Us. Hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Have you played the video game? I haven't because it's a PlayStation exclusive and I've never Ah. owned a PlayStation. I've watched some uh, Let's Plays. Yeah. And from what I can tell, from what I've ascertained, it's incredibly um, emotional Mm -hmm. and the story is very 
deeply immersive and uh, like tied to the gameplay. Yeah. And that's what it's touted for. Right. Some gamers don't like that. And other people are like, this is revolutionary. Right. This is mixing a movie experience with a gaming experience yeah. and giving me like a 60 hour movie kind totally. of that yeah. I am the main character in. It's very cinematic. Like, yes. it's not. It's not one of those things where they have to have a story to support the gameplay. It's like the game supports the story the whole way through. Yeah, well said. Um, Which is why if you were going to make a movie or a TV show about any video game, that makes sense that it's The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, The Halo TV show sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But they were just running with Halo's immense popularity. Yeah. The Last of Us, so far as I can tell, partly because of its... um, Limitation to just PS4 right. is not the biggest game in the world, right. but it does have kind of a cult following of those people yeah. who think that it's an incredible game and has achieved something kind of uh, a, on a new level. Right. Um, but the other big news surrounding this TV show is that it's going to have a gargantuan budget, like up there with Game of Thrones and some of those other like. TV shows that break the bank. Yeah. Which even those shows that are spending way too much, like Genghis Khan on Netflix or uh, several HBO shows, they're kind of a gamble. Right. It's a big investment. And so is this. My, those two examples I gave, Genghis Khan and I think it was called Genghis Khan or just Genghis. No, you know what? It was Marco Polo. He went to see Genghis Khan. My bad. It was Marco Polo on Netflix. <laughs> that show was like five or eight million dollars an episode. And I think it was Netflix's most expensive show ever. And it flopped. Wow. They did make a second season because they really believed in it, but it tanked. Like no one cared about it and it got bad reviews. Um, conversely, a, a cheaper show like Stranger Things right. is super popular. Yeah. It, but. On the other hand, expensive shows like Game of Thrones do sometimes pay off the investment. Right. Like, like there is more Game of Thrones merch. You, they probably paid back everything they've ever invested in yeah. just Game of Thrones merch. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you don't have to have a lot of money to tell a good story, but if you want to have like, you know, great cinematography and great, you know, special effects and great lighting and great sets and great, you know, Location scouting that all adds up to a lot of money, and so sure, yeah. with like Stranger Things is an amazing show, but that was shot you know pretty cheaply because there's nothing like grand or expansive that necessarily needs to happen. You know, they shot most of it in like a neighborhood or the forest or a mall. And then I think got, most of the expense there was making the whole world 1980 whatever. Right. Yeah, but even still, that's you know compared to making the whole world an apocalypse. Yeah, it might be you know not nearly as difficult but and I know that's still a very expensive show you know there's lots of indie stuff that still gets by because most people watch TV because of the story and the characters that you know everything else is just icing on the cake but uh, um, other shows that it's like talking about are The Mandalorian and The Pacific which are both amazing shows too and those are both you know in the eight figure per episode range which is just Uh crazy if you think about it like that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But I do think we're getting to that phase of like TV shows are becoming much more cinematic and almost like, you know, we do smaller series 
with, you know, better episodes, you know, supposedly, and it becomes more of like a movie or two, you know, like I just finished watching Loki and that's only six episodes, six hour episodes. And that becomes kind of like a really long movie if you binge it all at once, but that's kind of how it's supposed to feel. You know, it's shot cinematically and it's like in that style and it's, you know, the characters are, you know, blockbuster actors. And so I think that's kind of where we're at now, like as a society with, you know, TV shows that aren't comedies. That's just kind of where we're at. Yeah. And like you were talking about the kind of culmination of just people. Uh, later in this article, it says that The Last of Us has five art directors and hundreds of technicians, which, I mean, technicians is kind of a broad term and that can be people on the field, like right. moving dirt around right. or graphic, like people doing graphics post right. effects. Yeah. Um, but it's just fascinating how they can press a button, HBO, someone in HBO can say, yep, I approve it, right. give them $9 million an episode, right. sounds like a cool concept to me, with no real reason. Like, yeah. The Last of Us is, it, I mean, like, Stranger Things was just some person's idea, yeah. and Game of Thrones was a relatively unknown book series, right. and The Last of Us is just a video game. Yeah. Like, what evidence is there that there's any reason to make these... Right. Super expensive things. Yeah, I I'm know. glad that that's not my job. Right, you know, is to say, oh yeah, let's let's go ahead and right. spend 150 million dollars on this series. Just like listening to and pitches. hope that people like it. Yeah, because well, obviously, like if it messes up, like you know, Netflix or someone loses their job. Yeah, it's that's a lot of money you've lost, and you know that's just kind of a bummer. I kind of am thinking of like you know, Tenant too, because Tenant was you know an interesting idea. And it was just released at a bad time and like pushed to be only a theater release in the middle of a pandemic, which was dumb. And it kind of flopped because of that. You know, like if they would have waited or if they would have released to home, I bet it would have done a lot better. And it's just one of those things where one person like makes a decision and it could go either way <laughs> and you never know, you know? Yeah. So, but I would watch this. I'm excited for being able to actually see I like adaptations of like video games as TV shows. It's a good usually, idea. As long as the story, you know, is good enough. And I there's would, great oh, video games. Yeah, I would want to play the video game first honestly. Totally. Yeah. And then kind of get to watch it like unfold or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the same argument of like should you read the book before right. you watch the movie? Yeah. I because this is the experience it was intended for. Totally. It's like you are the person Choosing whether or not to save your person, your right. friend, you know, yeah. question mark from the whatever is coming. But in the movie, obviously, that'll just happen. Right. It's kind of interesting, too, because like there was a while where there was that trend of like the interactive TV shows. So there were a bunch of smaller ones, and then Netflix did like a Black Mirror one. I don't know if we did that together oh, man. or not. Where you just like, uh, well, Blender, no, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch, yeah. yes. Oh man, I loved Bandersnatch. I can't remember who I watched that with, but it was when I was in college, so probably okay, not me. Probably not you, but it was like it was an interesting experience. It kind of did feel like that whole like mix between a movie and a video game, which was fun. And it was um, about a video game, which makes yeah, even more sense, right? So that was kind of fun. And I mean, I can see like I don't think that really took off necessarily that concept. I think that's the only one Netflix made. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because um, it's fun and they're. There are other like smaller ones too that I had done, but 
that's kind of like a nice compromise between like I kind of just want to veg and like watch something unfold, but I don't just want to like completely veg and do nothing. You know, it's it was a good compromise between like, oh, I don't have the energy. <laughs> I do think there's room for that somewhere. Yeah. To keep the people like there are so many people out there who right. need to be on their phone while a movie is playing right. and like kind of have something else going on on the side right. too. So I feel like that is a good compromise to keep those people a little more engaged yeah. than just kind of passively watching a movie right. that they're underappreciating. Yeah. I think it's also like it can be done very well. Like I think the Netflix one was done very well, but part of the reason it was so easy for them to do it well was because of the concept. In other like premises, it might be harder because you have to just shoot so many different scenes and so many different pathways and have them make sense and like link into each other. And that just takes not only a lot of like planning and plot preparation beforehand, but like so much time filming so much stuff. Like you, you'll probably film, you know, eighty percent of the stuff a person's not going to see unless they watch it more than once. You know. So you're filming all this stuff that theoretically most people, you know, aren't going to see in just one watch through. And that just adds so much expense to something that might not have the same return, you know, because it, it, they probably don't return much more than just a normal TV show, like money wise. But the effort that goes into it is so much more to figure out how to make it work and to plan this script and to shoot all of the extra scenes. Yeah, I think Bandersnatch had... Five or seven hours of content, right? For if, but if you watch it through, it's like an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Um, but that's if you go back and watch every, like if you were to combine every, every scene, yeah. it would be five hours of content or right. whatever. Right. And I did go back and you, I think you could have gone back and like to certain decision points and mm-hmm. watched it. You didn't have to go back to the very beginning. Right. Um, because I just, <clears throat> I just thought exploring that concept was fascinating. Uh huh. But I think I might have been in the minority there. Right. Yeah. It gets to the point where it's a, it's a big time investment to watch the whole thing. <laughs> right. But okay. Well, I'm excited for the Last of Us TV show. Mm-hmm. Speaking of video games, I have a video game story for you today. Great. This is. It's centered on a video game, but it's just like a, just a happy, feel good comeback story. So. Love it. I don't know if you've heard of No Man's Sky. I have. Okay. I know generally what it is. Is okay. that another PS4 exclusive or if I just only played it on PS4? No, it's not exclusive to anything, but you might have played it on PlayStation 4. It's on PS4, PC, Xbox One, PS5, and Xbox Series X. So it's on everything except mm-hmm. for like Nintendo stuff. Because <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> they, has nothing. They do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. But basically, it's just a survival space sci fi. It's an open, open world, world sandbox yeah. kind of survival thing. And it uh, was developed and released in 2016. Um, and it kind of had a lot of hype behind it, which was part of the the drama. Um, but basically it was developed by this indie studio called Hello Games. Um, and they developed it, I think it says over three years, they'd kind of developed this game. And the unique part about it was instead of being like, developers developing every part of the world and kind of the game being the same for everyone and having like set, you know, storyline and set world building and set characters and a set map and a set map. It was just completely open. It was procedurally generated, which means instead of 
manually mm, generating data, you teach AI to generate data for you. Um, and so they train algorithms to generate data and they can do this by, you know, giving it little building blocks of information and teaching it like how to do it. And they'll show them a couple of examples and then from there on the algorithm just does it. So um, they've used this for stuff like generating um, DNA sequences and like generating how trees could grow and simulating plant growth and like lots of different things. But the big use for it is in generating graphics. So a lot of times they'll use them you know, in CGI in a movie to generate like trees or grass or something like something that's got texture and like needs to look different and not just all be the same, but would be super painstaking to go in and do it, you know, by hand. Um, and so they had developed this, you know, algorithm to procedurally generate the universe. And so the way the game works is when you start it, you spawn in as your character just on some random planet. And it's not the planet. It's like it's a planet that no one else would have ever been on. Um, it's different for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's different. For and everyone. it's different for you every time you start a new yes, world. Exactly. Um, and so you spawn in on this planet. But the cool thing about it is you're not alone. Like technically, everybody's planet is in the same universe. So if you knew where it was, you could get in your ship and fly to someone else's planet. Um, and the way it works is. So, are you explaining No Man's Sky or convincing me to play No Man's Sky ah, in this Maybe a little right bit now? of both. Because <laughs> okay. it's a fun game. Um, I'll have a story for you at the end. Okay. Um, and so, th- basically, like, the way it works is everything is theoretical in this universe. Like, all of the worlds that could have existed. Like, they haven't gone through and generated everything that has ever existed. They're only generated when you as the player interact with them. And so they kind of have, like, a seed algorithm that every player starts with and that decides where you start and if they need to spawn that part of the world. That's basically how we describe the explanation for are we living in a... uh, Simulation. Simulation, yeah. Like, it's spawning the stuff around you. But only when you need to see it. Right, and then... Once it's created, it's permanently there. So it doesn't delete when you leave. It stores that into the game's database so that someone else could come along it later and see all of the stuff you've done, the bases you've built, see the creatures you've discovered, all that kind of stuff. Pretty incredible when you think about the scale of this, all these things that need to be generated and stored and Mm -hmm. remembered for people to interact with. Right. In the whole game. Because every planet you have is going to have unique creatures that no one's ever seen before and you can discover. And like, it's trillions of planets and creatures and like it's a huge technological masterpiece. Um, and so people saw this and another big you know thing with this game, another big draw was there's no like loading screens. Like you can fly straight from like get in your ship, fly straight from the surface of the planet into space and then just like warp through space to another solar system fly into the atmosphere of a planet, land your ship, and just get out. No loading. Like There's it, there's no game breaking in that sense. That's cool. Which it, is amazing. It's so immersive. It's so immersive. Like you are not in a game. You are, so immersive. You are this astronaut yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so this game got a lot of hype. And so this is just a small like indie studio, really small team, not a lot of budget behind it. And they kind of blew up before this game released. Like the media went crazy. They were always in the news. Like people on Reddit were getting hyped. And like it was kind of the most hyped game of 2016. And so they released it in 2016. And it kind of flopped because 
they had made like trailers and they had shown like all of the technical masterpiece and they had shown like cool gameplay and all these cool creatures that you're the first one to discover and they show you can like build your base and like it's such a cool idea but then it released and there's like no story there's no like plot line there's no did they advertise one no they didn't and it was kind of like they were intentionally vague about it so that people it seemed like a mystery it seemed like there's going to be some cool like unfolding story but come to find out all you can do is like fly your ship to a new planet dig up some rocks to refuel your ship to fly to a new planet and that was kind of the game like it was just an exploring game there was no combat there was no base building there was no multiplayer there's a completionist nature, right? There's like badges to earn or something. There's yeah, they had some stuff like that, like discover, you know, so many and so many species or mine so many rocks. Like yeah. you could do that kind of stuff. But it just kind of didn't have like there was no meaning behind it. You know, like you could go and you could sit and play for four hours and like get your badges, but you didn't feel any accomplishment because there's trillions more planets to see and what you've done didn't really ha- have any meaning. yeah so do you feel that if minecraft didn't have the goal of getting to the nether and beating the dragon it would be it would have the same problem it would be worthless it would be meaningless no but i think with minecraft they had like you know you can build things and it really is like a true sandbox where there's like the point is to create and the point is to build stuff and to like be creative. And there's like methods to building things. Like you can build stuff for, you know, art artistic purposes, or you can build like gates that open or like there's function to it where when this game first released, there was no function, anything like you couldn't build bases. You just had your ship. You could go to space stations that didn't have NPCs in them and like sell stuff to terminals just to get money to upgrade your ship. But there was no reason to like upgrade your ship where in like Minecraft, it's like, Oh, I need to like, go build a furnace so I can like smelt some wood so that I can like dig some iron out. And there's like kind of a progression and like an upgrade path for the end goal of like automating everything in Minecraft and building these beautiful things and huge things that you have to build machines for. And it's just like, there's kind of a, even though it's not like a set story goal, there's a progression and you feel accomplished going through this where this one, the same thing you do on the first planet is what you're going to be doing on your like 10,000th planet when you have the, you know, beefed out ship and the cool gear, all you're doing is still going down and mining rocks. And so because of that, like it became in 2016 known as like the worst game of all time, the biggest letdown of all time. And people hated it. And they had the record for the most refunds on steam in the first week. And like, it just, people like ripped it a new one. Cause it was just trash according to everybody. And usually like, especially for a small studio like this where it's kind of their first big thing, they would have just given up and been like, well, we got some money. We, you know, we broke even or we're positive. Let's just give up. But they buckled down at Hello Games. They were like, no, we're not going to take this crap sitting down. We're not going to like give this crap to the community that we like love and this like vision that we had. We're not just going to like give up on it. And so they spent two years like, intensely developing content for this game they added like base building and creatures and you can like get pets and you can like ride on your pets and you can like there's multiplayer now so you can actually you know see other people's bases and you can play with your friends and there's actually challenges you can do there's you know a storyline now you can join up with your friends and do these like mini modes we have to like survive on a planet to build a spaceship together to get off this 
like planet before it explodes. Um, they just like added a ton of stuff in this two years and then they released it all for free. So they did all these updates like consecutively releasing it for free. Wow. Which is kind of unheard of. Like they basically It's like, like a whole nother game. They basically added the seventy percent of the game that was missing for free after the fact. Which one could argue like this kind of is what it should have been in the beginning, but they didn't have to do that, you know? No, that's not what they advertised. Right. In the end, this is still a product. Right. And just because you assumed that a big game with a cool trailer should have a storyline doesn't mean that it has to. And if I'm not mistaken, some modern first-person shooter games don't come with storylines nowadays either, right? Right. And so why do people think they need a storyline? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a, where it's a originally was a single-player game and there was kind of the mystery behind it, you know, like... Stuff like Call of Duty or like FIFA or whatever, you know, you're just getting it to play with your friends online. But this didn't have any multiplayer, so they kind of had expected like it to be mm. story driven. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was so vague and they were so cryptic about it that technically they didn't advertise it having that stuff, but they didn't also say it wasn't going to have that stuff. So it was kind of the like omission, you know, kind of thing. Um. But they kind of started to win back some like people in 2016, and they're still doing this like even to today to 2021. They just released like a patch like two weeks ago with a ton of new content in the game, and they added a new mode and like they added new ships, and they're still releasing content for free. So they've at this point been working for free for five years, like releasing content. Um, and they you know do sales frequently to try to get new players in. They got added to like the Xbox Game Pass, so people who have that can like play for free. Um, they added like suit customization, so now you can actually like change what your character looks like. Cause you couldn't do that before. You can like paint your house. You can like have people over. You can like jump into other people's games. It's like <laughs> becoming kind of a really fun game, and it's funny because if you look at it, this game on Steam, they've usually got like a all reviews section that shows all reviews from when the game started to now and they've got like a recent reviews and the all reviews says like very negative like it looks like a bad game but then the recent reviews say like overwhelmingly positive and that's kind of a testament to just showing how they went from like this game that everyone hates and like it's kind of popular to hate on to now like people actually really enjoy this game. And actually just today, the reason we're talking about this is I downloaded it on my PC today because I was like nostalgic and I was like, I'm going to play it again. And so I played it for like three hours today and I was like, this game is really fun. Like there are still aspects of like most of the game is flying around in your ship to new planets. You get out on the planet, you like scan some stuff and you mine some stuff and you fill up your fuel tank and you upgrade your equipment and then you fly to the space station, sell your stuff, and then you fly to a new planet and do it all again. That's my favorite kind of game. <laughs> right. It's just really repetitive. But it's relaxing and it's like fun to explore new places. And for me, my goal, because I always like to have a goal of something to accomplish. And so I I'm enjoying relaxing while I'm doing all of the mining and, you know, stuff like that. But my goal is to get to the center of the first galaxy because the storyline and part of the reason people were upset, upset is the storyline at the beginning was just you could make your way to the center of the galaxy and there was like a portal there 
and that portal was supposed to like be something like super exciting and like the culmination of the story. And so everyone was like looking forward to that. They finally get to the center of the galaxy and turns out the portal just teleports you to a second procedurally generated universe where the game just starts exactly the same as the first time, except for technically you're in the second layer now. And there's like 56 layers or something like that. So you can do the game cycle 56 times. And then when you go through the last portal, you come back to the first universe again. And it's just a loop. So that kind of was what pissed people off a lot about the story originally. But now that they've added like multiplayer and like everyone's in the same universe, at the end of the first galaxy before you go through the portal, that planet near the portal is like the hub in the game now. So that's where everyone like congregates. And so there's like thousands of players who have built bases and like live on this planet now and they like trade stuff with each other and they like build these huge projects together. And so this planet, like, cause it's a really like the odds of you running into someone just naturally are so small. Like you're never just going to randomly run into a player in this game cause the universe is so big, but then you can like travel into the center of this galaxy and there's just this planet with thousands of people like building it and like, terraforming it and building cool things and trading and so my goal is to like get there and like become part of the culture and like join this group of people on this inner planet and like build a little space and everything so that's that's my goal but so yeah so that's no man's sky i recommend it now they've added like cross-platform play i think super recently Mm -hmm. so you can now play with people on xbox and playstation and pc all at once which is great for you know everyone All games should do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so that's that's No Man's Sky. That's the comeback story. They like are now a very highly rated. I think they were like top ten games of last year of 2020. They were one of the top ten like selling games. Because what else do you want to do during you know COVID besides invest your entire life? Yeah, building out someone else's life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, The story I was going to tell is that in college. One of my roommate, my senior year, one of my roommates had a PS4, and we would all together play. Mainly, we played a game called Ark Survival Evolved, mm-hmm. um, which is like another open world sandbox survival game where you tame dinosaurs and you're in like, you know, you get tech and whatever. Right. Um, but he also had No Man's Sky, and one of my one of my roommates like fell into a hole and <laughs> would play it for hours and stay up way too late and like miss class and it would, like became a little bit of a problem uh-huh. and we had to like take the PS4 away <laughs> <laughs> well actually my other roommate took it away and he was like you know i just think it would be best if all of us took a break from PS4 right. but it was really because he was concerned was about dude. my my other roommate playing no man's sky and ruining his life <laughs> cuz he just fell he was he, he's like the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to collect every single rock right. and build every single thing right. and conquer the entire galaxy. I right. don't know if this was before the, all those multiplayers. This was in, you know, end of 2018. Yeah. So um I don't know when all those changes happened, but as far as I know, he was just in his own universe <laughs> doing his own thing. I, I played it one time and you know, there's like that learning curve of every game. Yeah. So I was like, mm. Uh, I need to spend ten more hours in here before I actually enjoy it. Right. But I've always wanted to actually dive into it. Yeah. Well, it's on sale right now for thirty dollars. If you want to buy it, you can get it on Mac. So does it function on Mac? Ah, it seems like the kind question. of thing that would need to like have better processing than Mac's 
supply? I will pull up the minimum specifications and we can find out. Great. Okay. System requirements for No Man's Sky. Let's see. Because I've made that mistake before of like tr- being like hype about a game on my Mac and then it just doesn't work no matter what I try to alter or sh- turn off to, you know, pr- right. You know, allocate memory to this game or whatever. Right. Yeah, Macs are not definitely meant for gaming. No. And I'm not into gaming enough to like buy another thing at right. least at this moment in my life. Uh, Unless someone wants to just give me one. Oh, uh, they might not have it on Mac. I might have lied. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. If if it doesn't work on Mac, they shouldn't sell it on Mac. Yeah, it's only on Windows. But it doesn't have that high of like minimum specs for Windows. It only requires like a Core i3 and and eight gigabit of gigabytes of RAM and a GTX four eighty. So pretty low specifications to actually run it. But that's the thing is it can run on like the Xbox One that came out in 2012. Huh. So it's low spec in that regard. Like it's not going to look amazing, but you can run it and still play it. Um, but I'm tempted because I now own it on PC and Xbox. And I never play my Xbox. So I'm tempted to just like let you borrow my Xbox so we can play together and like meet up and go explore space together. That, that would be fun. fun. So maybe you can take it home tonight and we'll figure out how to make that work. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that's going to do it for us. I hope you enjoyed that comeback story and all of our geeking It was out. like a, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it is. It's fun. And it's just a company making a video game. Yeah, but I'm, I, I'm, I really believe in the work that they're doing at Hello Gaming. Yes, me too. Thank you, Hello Games. Make, make more stuff for us yeah. for free. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff, not bad stuff. Thank you for listening to I Heard It on a Podcast. We've got new episodes every Monday and Wednesday that you can find wherever you get podcasts. If you like what you hear and know someone else who would too, send this podcast to them. If you know someone who likes exploring space with their friends, join us in the I Heard It on a Podcast planet yeah. where we're going to build stuff together. Yeah. As always, you can reach us at I Heard It on a Podcast at gmail.com. I know on some video games you can like send the code of the world that you're building Mm -hmm. and like i've seen that on let's players yeah channels and they're like hey join us this is the you know world that we're in yeah and then is that a thing is that a real thing you you can do that in this game and most games that's cool